This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hi everyone, my name is Matt Manning, Technical Services Consultant in the BT Technical Services team. Group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any advice technical related inquiries you might have. The Tech Hotline and Mailbox receives a wide variety of calls across a very broad range of topics. So for this podcast, I thought I'd select three topics we've been receiving a lot of inquiries about lately, and for each of these go through three recently asked questions from advisors and our responses. Topic one, the super contribution standards and eligibility criteria. This has always represented a high percentage of our inquiries, but lately has risen to, I would say, probably about a third of the total. Likely this increase is due to various changes from 1 July 22, including the removal of the work test for all contributions except personal contributions claimed as a tax deduction and increasing the age for utilising the bring forward age 74 or under at the start of the financial year. Some commonly asked questions include question 1. A client attains age 75 on a particular date, for this one let's say 3rd of December 2022, And the question being, can they make a $330,000 non-concessional contribution during 22-23? So first we need to tick the eligibility criteria that they've not triggered the bring forward in either the previous two financial years, which given their age, they would not have been able to do so. And also that they have a total super balance of less than 1.48 million as at 30 June 22. Assuming this is the case, their 22-23 non-concessional cap is 330,000 as they were 74 or under as at 1 July 22. However, they won't be able to contribute for the entire 2022-23 financial year. A separate rule which is still in place is that aside from SG and downsizer contributions, the client is unable to contribute to super if it's more than 28 days from the end of the month in which they attain age 75. So for this client, as of attained age 75 in December 22, the 28th of January 23 is a cutoff to be able to make their non-concessional contributions of up to 330,000. From the 29th of January 2023 onwards, they'll be not able to receive any non-concessional contributions. So in these sorts of scenarios, it's important not to leave the implementation of contribution strategies to the end of the financial year. Question number two, the personal contributions claimed as a tax deduction, does the client still need to make the work test declaration? And the answer is yes. However, how this is done has significantly changed. So firstly, all the usual administrative requirements and eligibility criteria continue to apply, including the Section 290 process and timeframe. However, when it comes to declaring that the work test or work test exemption has been satisfied, but such contributions received by the super fund on or after 1 July 2022, the client now does so to the ATO via the tax return. Whereas for contributions prior to this date, the declaration used to be made to the super fund. Question number three, if my client received concessional contributions of more than the 27,500 standard concessional cap for 22-23, how do they elect to utilise the carry forward concessional contributions? And the answer is they don't. So long as the criteria is satisfied, including having a total super balance of less than 500,000 as at 30 June 22, 
the amount of the concessional contribution in excess of the standard concessional cap will automatically be allocated to any unused concessional cap amounts that have accrued since 1 July 2018. This occurs once the ATO has matched up the client's tax return with the Superfund's contribution reporting. Topic 2. Changes to the income test for Commonwealth Seniors Health Card, which I'll abbreviate to CSHC. Now this is a concession card available to self-funded retirees of age pension age. So it was announced by both major parties prior to the federal election uh, that the income test would increase. However, for various reasons, the start date continued to be delayed. The main question we've been getting for months now is along the lines of, has this started, is this now law, etc. I'm pleased to say that this is finally now the case. The change is law with a start date of the 4th of November 2022. So the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card adjusted taxable income thresholds are now 90,000 for singles, 144,000 combined for members of a couple, and 180,000 combined for illness separated couples. Aside from questions relating to the income definition, a topical CSHC eligibility question we've been receiving is question two. For a self-funded retiree couple, are they both eligible to hold CSHC if only one member of the couple has attained their age pension age? And the answer is no. Unlike the pension concession card, only members of the couple who have attained their age pension age are eligible to hold the CSHC subject to the other criteria. Also, pretty soon after the policy was announced, we've been asked question three, do you have any material on this change? Uh, very shortly we will, so if you're interested in a, a copy of that, which also includes some further explanation for the income definition of adjusted taxable income, um, and also a, a worked example showing the, uh, the increase and how somebody who previously didn't qualify will now do so, um, please do email us at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Um, we'll be able to send that to you very shortly. Topic three, grandfathered account-based pensions, which I'll abbreviate to ABP. So just as a refresher, an ABP is grandfathered for Social Security payment purposes if it commenced prior to 1 January 2015 and the account holder has continuously received an income support payment such as age pension since before that date. For income test purposes, if an ABP is grandfathered, the amount of income payments, if any, in excess of the non-accessible portion are included as income, and if an ABP is not grandfathered, the account balance is assessed as a financial investment and subject to deeming for the income test. I'm not sure why we've had an increase in such inquiries, but recent advisor questions on the topic include Question 1. If a client wants their grandfathered ABP to be ungrandfathered but is unable to perform a rollover because it has frozen investments, can they elect for the grandfathered APP to become ungrandfathered? So this case was in the context of a client who was quite elderly and therefore subject to a high minimum percentage. They actually would have been better off if the account-based pension was, grand, was um, not grandfathered and therefore subject to deeming. But the answer is no. There's no option to make an election. Uh, ungrandfathering an ABP requires a rollover to a new pension and the existing grandfathered pension having frozen investments does not change this fact. Question two. My client previously became ineligible for age pension for a few months due to exceeding the assets threshold, but they've now requalified as their assets have fallen below the upper asset threshold. Services Australia has ungrandfathered their ABP. Is this the correct assessment? 
And the answer is yes. The requirement to continuously receive an income support payment since before 1 January 2015 is literal. Even if there's a single fortnight that the client does not qualify to receive a rate of payment, upon subsequently re-attaining eligibility for, say, age pension or the other payments, the ABP is no longer grandfathered. Question 3. Husband's passed away recently with a grandfathered ABP. Will the wife as a beneficiary retain the grandfathered status? And the answer depends on the nomination type. If it's an automatic reversionary nomination, the ABP will, in the wife's name, retain the grandfathered status, so long as she continues to satisfy the requirements, that is, remain in continuous receipt of an income support payment and not roll over the ABP. If it's a nomination of type that is anything other than an automatic reversionary, such as a binding death nomination, then the grandfathering ceases upon the death of the account holder. Issues such as this are what our team loves to discuss, not only in our fortnightly BT Academy webinar series, but also when we speak to advisors around strategy and legislative support when formulating advice for their clients. Don't forget you can watch all our previous BT Academy episodes, plus register for upcoming live sessions, which will allow you to participate in the live polls, Q&A and discussions. You can do this by heading to www.bt.com.au slash professional and following the links of the BT Academy webinar series. Michael Tran will be hosting our next fortnightly technical webinar on Wednesday the 7th of December at 12 o'clock New New South Wales time on the topic of Aged Care Advice Part 3, Return of the Aged Care Workings. In the meantime, if you have any technical questions, you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1-800-655-901 or by emailing technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.